0: Time now for the Penn State Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry
1: Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley.
0: Sports Spectacular is here. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, Tony Cordero, our producer, is uh, here hanging with us well. Josh is doing his thing on audio. Uh, hey, we've got a special guest coming up here in just a moment, just a few minutes away. Um, but, but, Mike, this... Um, you know, we keep hearing about the Penn State and the best team that James Franklin has and best test, biggest test of the year so far, and I think they pass. What do you think?
1: I tell you what, Iowa looked, um, really looked like an offensive machine under Brian Farrins. Um, He's got them just rolling and I mean, they're rolling like to zero points. Like an old stone Disc <laughs> in prehistoric times. <laughs> I guess Fred Flintstone couldn't be prouder.
0: <laughs> Iowa first time they were shut out since 2000. Uh, but give some credit to uh, to Penn State getting this win. Um, and we're going to hear from uh, James Franklin here in just a moment. Listen, we have talked before. The big thing for the Nittany Lions is win each week. Doesn't matter how. Get the W's until you get up against the Big Two and then knock them down. Listen, if here's the thing. Right now, we we've talked about it before, right? If if this were twenty twenty four, I think what is it, six or seven of the of the top ten would be Big Ten teams. You got three yeah. Big Ten, four from the Pac twelve right now. So I mean, get this done now because this conference gets a whole lot tougher next year. Um, but I, I think for Penn State, this was uh, this was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it, it was great for Penn State fans, and and I'll be honest with you, I think Iowa fans have to be really concerned because the West is. Looks like it's there for the taking, but it seems like nobody really wants it if you look at everybody. Maybe Wisconsin's starting to recover a little bit from their earlier loss.
0: Well, and also keep in mind you have all the new coaches that you've got, right? I mean, you know, uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Nebraska, um, you know, now Northwestern. So, I mean, uh, a lot of them literally trying to find their way through. Hey, James Franklin talking this week, um, not only about – you know this this uh, big win, but uh, looking forward, here's the uh, coach Franklin.
2: I think so. I guess for me, you know, I, I think what happens a lot of times because it's so exciting is I think people spend a lot of time on the turnovers, but just as exciting to me is is the lack of turnovers um, and how we're respecting the football and essentially the program by doing that. So we got to continue uh to preach that we got to continue to not get bored with that um with those fundamentals and that period that we do every single day um but it's been I think it's been really good and I think rather than just brushing over the times where we got away with a poor decision or we got away with a lack of ball security um that's where I think you you have problems if if after wins, you don't address the problems. So same as turnovers. Just because we didn't turn it over doesn't mean there wa- wasn't some coaching and teaching that needs to come from it. So that, that's how we've been addressing it. And um, so far, so good. But we need to keep it up. We
1: need to keep it up. Yeah, I think I, I tell you one thing that you have to think about when you're looking at what makes teams good is the fact that you go out and win the games you're supposed to? Penn State's in the situation where they want to knock off one or both of the two the Big Ten Titans, Ohio State and Michigan. But the one thing that would turn that into a tragic event is if they were to be upset along the way. And when you take a team with as good a defense as Iowa has, and you dispose of them the way you did, that's an indication that James Franklin uh, really does have one of his best teams. Uh, this fall, so Penn State again, they get the win, they stay
0: undefeated, they move up to number six in the rankings. Uh, and now they go to Evanston, um, and have what should be a joyous weekend <laughs> in <laughs> Chicago. We'll see. Hey, we teased uh, a special guest, and um, man, not only is he a Penn State guy, um, but he's he's a really good guy and a guy I worked with for a long time and consider him a friend, and he is so willing. Um, Even without me paying him, he was willing to come on the show. Uh, He's a retired sports anchor and uh, CNN um, man for years. uh, He was the the studio guy for the Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Hawks. He's now living the good life that we all aspire to. You know him by name and by face. Jerome Jarinovich is in the house. Jerome, how are you?
3: I am fantastic, Larry. It is good to see you. Good to hear Tony Cordero's voice. Mike, nice to meet you, even though it's over a Zoom. So uh, I am living the life, and we're We're hoping this is the year. Although I got to tell you, fellas, uh, as a Penn State fan, uh, I'm always just on pins and needles whenever they play Ohio State and Michigan, because we have seen, how many times have we seen it now under the Franklin era, where uh, they, they win the games, as you just said, Mike, they win the games that they're supposed to win. And then they always lay an egg against those two. And uh, Iowa, Iowa's defense, fantastic. It, it really, really is. And their offense is just horrendous. I mean, what are you going to do out there? I mean, your son's the offensive coordinator. You got to get rid of him. I'm sorry. I know it's going to be uncomfortable at Thanksgiving. You just got to get rid of them. So uh, my wife, by the way, fellas, we went to the game. And uh, I won't lie, we froze our cojones off. My wife didn't, obviously. Uh, they said 54 kickoff. No way it was 54. It, it was low 40s. And uh, that, that rain was nonstop. It was a drizzled and it was light rain. So that made it seem like it was ridiculously cold. But the offense looked good. Uh, it took them a while to get going. But I credit Iowa's defense for that. But uh, the fact that Iowa's offense was non-existent. That poor defense just got worn down, and Penn State took advantage of it in the third quarter. So will that be a sign, uh, a good sign, when they go up against the big boys in uh, three weeks?
2: Uh, uh,
3: maybe I'm jaded. I-, I saw Illinois run up the middle on them, and that and that frightened me. Because if Illinois can do it, what do you think Michigan's going to do? So um, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade as a Penn State fan, but I'm just a little skeptical still. I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting that Cade McNamara kind of made a comment in the presser that that he didn't call the plays, which I, you know, that may be the ultimate indictment of uh, Brian Farrens, But when and it comes it to less, and it took less than a month. Yeah, exactly. It didn't yeah. take very long, did it? But um, when it comes to Drew Aller, watching him, so much potential. What do you think, uh, James Franklin, is trying to kind of round out in his education? to get him prepared for Ohio State-Michigan.
3: Well, I'll tell you what he has going for him, and he's had it. Even last year when you saw him get in there late in the games, the kid has poise. He just doesn't get rattled, and Franklin has, has made mention of that several times before the season started and, of course, now that the season's underway. And I just think that he just doesn't want to put too much on his plate. Uh, aller's fantastic. This this kid has all the upside in the world as long as he can stay healthy and they can keep him off his back. So he, you know, they got those two great running backs and they still need a really really good second receiver. They got a couple of guys that can play uh second and third, you know, to Lambert Smith, but um and they got some fantastic tight ends still, but they they still need that second wide receiver to take a little pressure off him. But look, he, he's going through his reads, he's stepping up in the pocket, he's not getting rattled. And I, I think Franklin's just trying to keep him in there and give him as much experience, for lack of a better term, as he can before they got to go up against the big boys. They catch a little bit of a break with Northwestern. And then, of course, UMass, you got to like those key, uh, easy games a little earlier in the season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think I'm not worried about Allard. I'm worried about that offensive line. Franklin has put in skill position players. Each of the last four or five years, he's had really good skill position players, but they just don't have those big B feeders. Now, we've got an All-American left tackle, but the rest of the guys, I don't think they've really been tested yet. And keep in mind, I mean, at Iowa front, they couldn't run on them in the first half at all. It wasn't until they got worn down.
0: Talking to Jerome Drinovich, he's the former CNN sports anchor, also a longtime host, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Hawks, um, and he is a lifelong Penn State fan. Now, Jerome, I, I know I want to get you out of your comfort zone here for a moment because clearly you're still apprehensive. You don't want to jump in and you don't want to drink that Kool-Aid. You see the pitcher. It's right there. You know it's good yeah, and cold It's yep. what you to hold off, and, and I get that. But uh, I'm going to pour a small glass of that Kool-Aid and ask you, what's different about this year's... Penn State team that maybe you haven't seen in recent years that gives you hope that this could be the year? The
3: quarterback, quite frankly, and I know he's really a sophomore, but he has looked better than each of their last three quarterbacks, even with the lack of a full season of experience under his belt. He just looks smooth back there. You know how they say he got it or she got it when you see an entertainer or an actor or an athlete? He got it. There is no question he has it and cool, calm, and collective. I'm not saying he's Joe Montana by any means, but he doesn't look rattled. When you look into his eyes, even after a bad pass, he realizes the mistake and you could kind of see the wheels turning. Like, what do we do next? Forget about that. All right. I know what the mistake was. I know how to correct it. Let's let's focus right on the next play right away. And and I like that about him. And uh, you know, you guys made a great point. I don't want to say now or never, but once you get those LA teams in there, well, maybe just USC. I'm not really worried about UCLA. But when you start bringing in those Pac-12 teams, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of crazy. And um, if you really want to take advantage of it, I think now's the time. And I know Tony Cordero is not gonna like this, but I don't think you're gonna see Penn State run ten guys out there when Ohio State's on the goal line. So maybe maybe they'll have a shot to finally beat the Buckeyes. Sorry, Tony. <laughs>
1: Yeah that that uh, killed my prediction I went I went with my fearless prediction of the Notre Dame winning my most hated team in all of sports and they came one play away from making me look smart and then lose with 10 guys on the field.
4: Uh, how do you
3: and they even call timeout? What with two plays to go right? How do you how do you have 10 guys out there? Uh, that's unbelievable to me. But anyway, we don't need to talk about Ohio state another day. Let's see, let's keep focusing on Joe Pa. Joe Pa's old team, Penn State. I'm still a Joe Paterno fan, always will be. I yeah. know, I know, I know. But you know, hey, I was six years old when he got hired. My mother read the article in the paper when he said all his students, all his players were gonna be students. And uh, she went out and bought me a Penn State shirt. And I've been rooting for Penn State since I was six years old. I will root for him to the day I die. Uh, I love Franklin's energy. Uh, he still hasn't won the big game. I know he's gotten out there and he's won a Rose Bowl and he's done some things. But he I, I need him to get over the top. I need him to beat Ohio State and Michigan in the same year. And he just hasn't done it, really. We're, we're going to speak
0: into existence right now. This is the year. Here it is right now. It's the magic of Jerome Drenovich that's going to make it happen.
3: Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right about that because uh, I know there are a lot of people. I I have to tell you guys, you know, my wife is an Iowa graduate. So what a trooper sitting out there in the rain and going through all that. And, and, uh, you know, I looked over at her and I, look, we've gone through this a lot. I was actually gotten the last couple of times they played. But, um, you know, 110,000 people, they're going ballistic. That whiteout, it is very special, fellas. I got to tell you, it, it is special. I've been to a game at Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State. I've been down to, Uh, I saw the Longhorns the day they retired Ricky uh, Williams number. I've been to Miami, USC. I've I've been to a lot of colleges, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU. I've been to a lot of big schools and big atmospheres with that whiteout. That is something very, very special. So anyway, I look over at her and she looks at me. I got really lucky. I got a wife that's a big sports fan. She goes, well, at least we'll get rid of Brian because the shutout's going to knock those points per game average way <laughs> down and maybe he won't get to 325. And I'm thinking to myself, well, who's thinking that? You know, but that's what the <laughs> Iowa people were thinking. They right. got to get rid of that guy. Can,
1: can she can she be the offensive coordinator?
3: And she would do a better job. I can tell you that <laughs> right now. My goodness.
0: <laughs> Jerome Jerovich, always uh, great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, congrats on the undefeated season so far. And uh, we look forward to getting some of your thoughts on this team as they go down the line. And as we speak speaking into existence, beat those big two in the same season.
3: Let's do it, fellas. Let's <laughs> talk about this at the end of the year when Penn State, we are, they're down there and playing in the college football playoffs. God, they got to get in the playoffs. Come What's on, Frank. Thing? Look at that.
0: <laughs> He's fired up. They're I hate it already. Hi. Jerome, going to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you. All right, Jerome Grunovich, former CNN sports anchor, longtime sports anchor, longtime host, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Hawks, and great to have you here on the show. See with us. We'll uh, step outside for a moment, and we'll take a look at some other headlines uh, around uh, the, the nation, and, uh, and then we'll talk to an insider more on this uh, Penn State Wildcats game. That's coming up on the Sports Spectacular.
5: Life can be full of risks. it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right
6: now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414.
0: Well, the sports world, baseball world lost a legend this week. Uh Hall of Famer, uh third baseman, Brooks Robinson, uh longtime Baltimore Orioles, passing away at the age of 86. Brad, you were saying in the break that you got a chance to to meet him once.
7: Yeah, it was really cool. It's uh, you know, I got an autographed ball, got to talk to him for a couple minutes um at a golf outing. I was like, you know, because he's just one of the greatest players of all time and third baseman of all time. He's just great defensively. Um, you know, just legendary so it was really uh he was a gentleman through and through
1: yeah growing up you know he his highlights were always on tv and you know when you wanted to be uh the the third baseman you know it was it was always going to be him you know, that everybody kind of did whenever you had a good, especially if you had a good play uh, defensively, it was like, oh, I'm Brooks Robinson, you know, that type of thing. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. And then he seemed, Brad met him, but he seemed like a guy who stayed grounded and was at the top of his profession and very famous, yet never let it go to his head, which is not easy. I always thought those two Robinsons, Brooks and Frank, were just the epitome of
0: class. And again, Brooks Robinson, uh, rest in peace at uh, age 86. Uh, goes out uh, with a smile. His Orioles uh, clenching the playoff berth. Who saw this coming, right, back in March? Um, <laughs> Really? I mean, what a year for the O's.
7: Yeah, it's, it's shocking because this was not a team. You know, you look at, you go into the season, you have certain teams that are favored, certain teams are expected to win. Man, I, I certainly did not expect the Baltimore Orioles to be to have the best record in the American League. and And they do. They've just been, they've been great all year. Um, they just find a way to get things done. Obviously, they're, you know, and, and the thing is, they're just solid across the board. Everything, just solid at everything.
1: Yeah, and baseball can do that where you have a team, sometimes a small market team, but you get teams that spend a little bit less money. And when it all comes together, it's pretty amazing. Just like when you see the the big heavy spending teams, when it all falls apart, it really all falls apart, and you get to see the wheels come off. And in baseball with 162 games, it's a slow-motion crash that you get to watch, and that would be the New York Yankees.
0: The Yankees <laughs> and the Mets, and fellow, as you look at that in terms of how hmm. much they've spent, right? I mean, we're talking uh, about, what, $630 million combined? And Bolter going home this weekend. Neither, neither moving on to the postseason. Six hundred thirty million dollars.
7: Insane, isn't it? I, 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 I just don't think the one thing about baseball is you know when you spend this much money on one guy or two guys, it seems like this outside of football where you can maybe spend it on a quarterback in baseball, unless maybe he pitches and hits. You know, you just can't spend that much, and uh, so you have an injury. You know, Aaron Judge doesn't play his, all these games for New York. You have pitching injuries for the Mets. I mean, just, you start going down the line. When you have injuries and you pay these guys $50 million, there's no return on that investment. You're not going to be good.
1: And there's also the factor of, of, at least compared to the NFL, you have every contract is guaranteed versus the NFL, where they're really a series of one-year contracts unless they are negotiated differently, which only... You know, stars get that that advantage. So sometimes you wonder if you get a big contract, how do you stay motivated if you have a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract? It's it's not easy. And same basketball has the same challenges.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Put this in perspective for you: Baltimore, as Brad mentioned, best record in the American League, uh, a payroll and opening day of about sixty million, or roughly one sixth. Of that's of the New York Yankees. Uh, just unbelievable. Uh, Atlanta Braves spent about $200 million this year, and um, they're in the playoffs for the sixth straight year. Um, it's unbelievable what uh, Acuna has done, guys. I mean, he's just a freak of nature.
7: Uh, Ronald Acuna, 40-70. I mean, you know, what they're doing up and down their lineup. I mean, Acuna with 41 home runs. He's hitting 335. Um, you know, four fourteen on base percentage, not to mention the seventy plus stolen bases, and but then they've got you know Olson's hit fifty three home runs, thirty two home runs for Albie's, thirty seven for Riley, thirty six for Ozuna, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You go down the list; it's insane. Murphy has twenty one. Their their numbers up and down their lineup are just astonishing. To have that many power guys, it's impressive, and that's why they're the best team in the National League.
1: If they can win the World Series. This is one of those teams I think you have to talk about like where do they fit in the best single season teams of all time. I'm not saying they're the best, but but where do they fit in that discussion because statistically, you know, it you know, it's reminiscent of like the 27 Yankees in terms of batting average yeah. and home runs and I mean it's it's pretty amazing
0: yeah no question about that you know they
1: used to call the old fulton county stadium the launching
0: pad well their new park is farther north and therefore technically it is a higher elevation than atlanta which by the way second only to denver among uh highest elevation major cities in the u.s so maybe something to that all right stay with us more to come after to this how
5: is your car payment treating you the call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now.
6: 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms including APR are determined at the time of your application. Based on credit value of the vehicle. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. 800-215-0341. That's 800-215-0341. You're listening to the Penn State
0: Guys Radio Network. Back here on the Penn State Sports Spectacular, Larry, Mike, and Brad. And we are joined now to get a little more knowledge. Uh, Great to talk to Jerome and get the fan perspective. Uh, How excited was he a few minutes ago? Uh, And now we're joined by a guy who knows even more about this team, Mark Roganrich. He's the publisher of All Penn State on the S.I dot com network uh, mark good to have you here um you know let's let's start first with a quick question or a quick comment i guess off the top here um from the outside looking in this was a big test last week for penn state It looked very good
4: yeah they did thanks for having me first of all I appreciate it this that was that was the game they kind of wanted to play two years ago when they played at iowa it was at least the game they wanted to finish two years ago when they played at iowa and james franklin used that game uh, the 2021 game, State was leading 17, three, couple injuries, uh, quarterback got hurt, their captain, defensive tackle got hurt and there was booze, things like that. Uh, a couple of, one of the uh, coaches, um, one of the IO coaches, a like, kick feigned a flop. So James Franklin used that last week. He showed him the video of that. He showed him comments that Kirk Ferentz made and it got everybody fired up. I mean, there was 110,000. Eight hundred plus in the stands um, at the beginning, basically of a tropical storm, and they were as loud as you know a beautiful night. Penn State's press box kind of perches. I say it's like a, I mean it's like a trailer that perches on flamingo legs, and when it gets rocking, that it'll sway, and it's a little unnerving, and it swayed again Saturday night. So that team was ready for that night, and what they did to Iowa's offense was. um painful and difficult to watch. I mean, I, you know, if you've seen the numbers from it, they were just astonishing. Like 76 total yards, four first downs at Iowa allowed. Iowa ran 33 offensive plays. I went through the, um, the the snap counts of the defensive players, and you had starters playing 20, 25 snaps in a game. I mean, that And that's not a game that they're playing, you know, in the fourth quarter playing reserves. That's a full game. It was just a complete demolition on their part. And now it's fascinating because they're going to go from that environment to playing Northwestern this week. Really, really interesting change of venue.
7: Yeah. Speaking of the Northwestern game, I thought it was interesting to hear coach Franklin, uh, turn off the music and and then kind of talk about how, uh, they, they couldn't turn up the music because it's going to be so quiet at, uh, uh, at Northwestern. Were you surprised that he went there in the press conference.
4: He's done that before. He has mentioned stuff like that before. One of his, when they played games like this, um, one of the things he'll say is we've got to bring our own juice. A lot of coaches will say that. So he has mentioned, you know, times where they're playing really either really loud music when they go to Ohio state or Wisconsin or Iowa, or if they're playing, I mean, they played at Rutgers or Rutgers a couple times. They played at Northwestern the last time um, I think it was 2017. So he's brought that up. And I, you know, you think he's just trying to, he's trying to be, you know, clear with this team. It's funny. Cause they'll, they'll end a period by playing in the air tonight, the Phil Collins song. And I guess the guys asked him to turn on. He's he said, no at practice today, just to get him ready. But that's one thing that's going to be interesting. Like last week, they played, it was 110,800 and change. It was the largest crowd to watch a football game in America this year. And, like I said, now they're going to go to Northwestern, which is averaging 17 5 again. It's 11 a.m. kickoff. It's a, a completely different dynamic and a different environment that they've done stuff like this before. Remember, they played at Rutgers in 2016. And by the end of that game, the, it was 39 not 0 Saquon take one Barkley had a big night. By the end of that game, the only people in the stadium were Penn State fans. It was like sleeting, and they were like, they were the last people left in the stadium. So they've done that. It's just how how does this group respond to having to get an early wake-up call and going into an environment that is not going to wake them up, really?
1: So is there a scenario that can be painted that Penn State loses this game? Because I'm struggling to find <laughs> a way to come up with any way that Penn State does this outside of the whole team you know, misses their wake-up call and they don't show up. Outside of that, I think Penn State's probably going to be okay. But what's what's Coach Franklin saying? To last get year
4: when they – yeah, when they played – um, I or excuse me, Northwestern last year, um, they won 17-7. It was at Beaver Stadium. They also turned over the ball five times. And it was a, a terrible weather game. Defense played well enough. But, I mean, they gave – Northwestern and a couple of short fields on those turnovers, too. Gave them five times. And I think, I don't know if Northwestern, I only scored seven points off those turnovers. They'll have to do something like that again. The problem is, and I did this interesting story. I thought it was interesting. A story that I posted this morning Penn State not only has not committed a turnover this year, they're the only FBS team that hasn't committed a turnover. They haven't committed a turnover in their last 26 quarters. They have played more than 500 snaps straight snaps dating back to last year without committing a turnover so the floodgates have to open i mean it's just got to be you know the ball they just have to be dropping you know the ball left and right i think for something like that to happen
0: talking with mark Wogenrich uh here again he is a publisher uh, of all penn state on the si.com network um you know it's but it's funny that when you bring out stats like that and that is just not Mm -hmm. talked about one, it's unheard of uh, to be able to do that. Um, And and again, going back to, so I guess
4: not just this year, but going back to the, that goes back to the bowl game last year. It actually goes back. Their last turnover was in their 10th game of last season. It was in the second (laughs) quarter. Nicholas Singleton fumbled. I went and looked this up. Nicholas Singleton fumbled as the first play of the second quarter. And they have not turned over the ball since. So that's two and a half games to finish this season in the first four of this year. And they haven't thrown an interception um, in eight games. Sean Clifford went four, the last four, without an interception. And Drew Aller, their starter this year, has not thrown an interception yet. He has not thrown an interception in his career so far.
0: Yeah, that's insane. That's, that's crazy. Good, I, think. Um, I think that's
7: good, Larry. I think it's, yeah, it's,
0: it's pretty fair. What do you you think? (laughs) So Penn state at Northwestern and it sounds like, uh, James Franklin pulling out all the stops. We've talked so many times here each week that again, for Penn state, um, you know, it's, it's a matter of getting that W and moving on. Right. I mean, it's, you know, the the prize is not beating Iowa. The prize is not beating Northwestern. The prize is still to come later on. Um, but if you want to get to where you've got to get to, you've got to do these things. And so, um, I applaud coach Franklin, a veteran coach. We expect nothing less of him. Uh, trying a few different things to kind of shake things up and keep the guys off guard. And so they cancel into a routine.
4: Yeah, absolutely. This is in order to, in order to go to Ohio state in three weeks, I think it is with an unbeam with, you know, a six and record, they have to win Saturday. They can't look past this. This is an interesting spot on their schedule because they're going to play Northwestern, then they get a bye week, and then they play a non-conference game against Massachusetts before Ohio State. So it's almost like you're asking them now to take a test on the last day before Christmas vacation kind of thing <laughs> that they they have to study. They have to be prepared, but I, I mean, they're looking ahead. So this is how James Franklin, I think, like as you said, keep them off balance this is how it keeps them up balance and not looking ahead because if they don't win then you know that, that season it you know the season that they expect to have is gone
7: you, you almost wonder if they'll commit a turnover against umass just so they did so they don't go into ohio yeah. state with that many games like, it feels. Cool. <laughs> yeah. we need to turn it over just so we don't have that streak before we right go and, and play i think ohio they state. turned
4: over the ball four <laughs> times last year against ohio state jt Tuamalo just I think at two of them by himself. So yeah, they, they might want the streak to end before that.
7: <laughs> Has Penn state pretty much done exactly what they plan to do. Obviously they, you know, the Northwestern or the, I'm sorry, the Illinois game was a, a little bit of a, it was competitive, you know, for, for a while going in the second half. Um, Illinois, of course, you know, gave them the ball as many times as they could in that one, but it, they pretty much dominated the other games and, and been in control from start to finish. Is that, does that kind of make them feel good? Like, you know, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. We've got a young quarterback, inexperienced, but we're going to keep getting better as this year progresses.
4: That's pretty much what they done, particularly on defense. That was against Iowa. That was as good a defensive performance as I've seen them – good as, as good a defensive game as I've seen them play. You can say it was Iowa, and it's less than one-dimensional offense, but they still just cornered up. They showed – Different looks. I mean, they brought out a three-defensive end package that they hadn't shown all season, and they have some really good defensive ends to make that package work. They ran four linebackers, a look that they hadn't shown this this year on defense. So they've traded in some new uh, schemes to use against Iowa, and that's been their progression through the season. The one thing that they've not done, and this is unique for a James Franklin team, I think for Mike Yersuch, their offensive coordinator – And for their running back, Nicholas Singleton, is they've not been a big play offense at all this year. That's been their stock and trade going back to when they, you know, Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley and Chris Godwin, Miles Sanders, the whole lot of them. They're a big play team. That's what James Franken likes to do. He likes explosive plays. He likes to shock systems. And they, you know, this year they've been breaking their quarterback in. He's not throwing downfield much. I think his longest air completion is 33 yards. He had the big one against Northwest, or excuse me, against Illinois to counter Lambert Smith, but that was a catch and run. I, you know, probably about 35, 35 each way. They're just having him, you know, cliche. Take what the defense gives you. He's checking down. He's throwing the ball away. He's not forcing the ball downfield. If he rolls out, and looks, doesn't see anything, the ball's on the sideline. He's been a really, as I said, no turnovers. He's been really strong in protecting the football. That's meant teams have been cheating against the run. So they've not had the big explosive runs. One interesting thing to me, Nicholas Singleton, like led the country last year as a freshman in 40 yard gains. And he doesn't have any this year. As long as run this year through four games is 19 yards. You can see he's starting to get a little frustrated. By that, but he's not pressing it. He's not trying to dance in the backfield and turn three yard gains into three yard losses, stuff like that. They're moving sticks ahead of schedule, all that sort of thing. It's methodical. And that's the, I didn't, I don't know that I expected Penn State's offense to be methodical the way it is, but when you know that they've got the big play in the hip pocket, kind of just waiting for somebody to give them the opportunity to to go to it. That's really something important to have. That now that they're just building this offense on being methodical, ball control, uh, you know, just long drives and big. I mean, they ran a they ran a quarterback sneak against Iowa. They gained six yards. I've never seen that. That's the kind of stuff they're doing this year. That's really kind of different than what I expected.
1: Is there anything they can do to to get Allen and Singleton? You know, a a little bit more yards there because you're looking at, you know, they're averaging 4.4 and 3.8 yards per carry, which based on what we saw last year is surprising.
4: Yeah, I think that's where they want Catron Allen. They want him in that four and a half to five range because he's there. He's like that three down running back. He's just a guy in the third quarter and he did it to Iowa that he's going to get four yards on th- on first down, four on second. So you're in third and short all the time with him. He protects the ball. He converts first downs. And then he, you know, as, as the defense labors on, he can break a 15, 20-yarder. He's not the explosive running back of the two. And I think with Singleton, they've just seen defenses, you know, load up against him. And he's not been able to get – Into a free secondary. He's not been able to get, you know, kind of one on one with the safety that he was doing last year. He's just not seeing those looks. He's not been able to get outside. He maybe he has, I think, because of that, he might have a little bit of tentativeness in the way he's running and not powering through holes. And I think what would help him, obviously, then is going over the top, being just being able to take some deep shots and have defenses say, look, they're going to throw against us. We've got to. You know, we've got to cover against that sort of thing, and that gives Nick the room. And they're going to get there. I think that, you know, this could be the weekend that they do it, that maybe they try um, to to load Nick Singleton up with, you know, 18 to 20 carries and just ball control Northwestern and get out of there. But, I you know, he's also pretty fresh. He doesn't have a ton of carries, and that's going to be great when you get to playing Ohio State and, and Michigan in October and November.
0: And yeah, not just those two, but some other teams, you know, Maryland 4-0, trying mm-hmm. to go 5-0 for the first time since 2001. Mm-hmm. You know, they they like to have a crack at them. And, and and you know, Mike Loxley hasn't played good. They've not played anybody like Penn State, of mm-hmm. course. But, um, you know, you, you, it, it's clear you're not only going to get everyone's um, – get a very good shot, you're going to get the best shot from everyone All as we continue on uh, down the line. Hey, we really appreciate your time uh, joining us on this and uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Yeah,
4: appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right, you got it. Uh, Mark Wogenrich, again, he's a publisher of All Penn State on the SI.com network, uh, telling us all about this the uh, Nittany Lions team and the things they are doing to uh, keep fresh and not look past uh, the Wildcats of Northwestern, which, by the way, they have two wins. That's double what they had last year. But
1: we don't think they'll get number three on Saturday. That's not happening. All
7: right. They're, they're a juggernaut, Larry. A juggernaut, I say.
1: <laughs> we'll take a time. I do, I do not think he knows what that word means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're back after this.
1: (laughs) What's
5: the best way to get rid of a timeshare that you don't want? Call the Timeshare Exit Hotline. We're a group of attorneys that help customers legally exit their timeshares. It's an easy process. We guarantee results or you pay nothing. Exit your timeshare today. Call now.
6: 800 715 6093. 800 715 6093. That's All sixty ninety
0: three. All
7: right, time now to make your picks for this week's games, uh, Larry. Do you remember what the picks were last week? I was trying to remember. I know one of us was three and zero, and then the other guys were one and two. Do you remember who was three and zero? Who was that? I don't recall. Our picks. I, that was. I think that was me. That was me. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
1: You can talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The emails, the texts. Oh boy, he had some. He paid some guy in a plane to skywrite that <laughs> down here in Melissa. I'm like, what? Seriously? The the emojis. I just wanted to make sure you up. remembered. Yeah, I, re- I remembered. So does everybody else in my yeah, house? Everyone
0: knows. <laughs> everyone knows exactly the the mailers. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I,
1: I didn't know you could get the mail here this quick, but apparently Brad doesn't have no problem paying for Federal Express. Oh, no, there's well, no problem at all.
7: Did your did your wife ask you? Why is Brad texting me three? You know, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. Why is he texting me? Stuff? So
0: what is this? What is this? All right. Uh, Nostradamus, why don't you start Texas A&M versus Arkansas? Who you got,
7: man? This is an interesting game because with Texas A&M, you know, without the quarterback, right? It's a, it's a, it's a tougher game, maybe than you think, but I still think A&M has uh, more talent than Arkansas. Even though it's at Arkansas, I'm going to pick the Aggies. <laughs>
1: I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think it's a Jerry world, isn't yeah, it? Jerry world. Yeah. yeah so, okay, so I think so. Jerry is Jerry is going to put all that um, frustration from last week's Cowboy loss into supporting Arkansas.
0: <laughs> it is going to feel like a home game with uh, all those hogs in there. Um, I believe in Max Johnson. I'm going Aggies on this one. So I'm going to go with with Nostradamus uh, over there. All right, uh, another SEC game: LSU at Ole Miss. Sturdy.
7: Uh, man, I, I tell you what, I, I, this is the one LSU is a two and a half point favorite at Ole Miss Ole Miss coming off a game, Alabama kind of, you know, spanked them, um, turned them over their knee and spanked them with their defense. I don't think LSU has the same defense that Alabama has, but I do think they have the offense to score. So over and unders high, I think a high scoring game. I think Ole Miss gets the upset. I'm taking the, the rebels.
1: Yeah, over. I I actually agree with that. I, I'm going for Ole Miss because I've seen LSU a couple times this year, where the the defensive back is kind of face guarding the wide receiver, and the wide receiver catches the ball, and somehow the LSU DB does not realize, even though he's face guarding, that the LS that the opposing receiver has the ball. I think Ole Miss has the offense to beat LSU.
0: All right, I'm gonna go the other way, Tigers. Um... Because Tony Barnhart uh, told us the columnist for TMG College Sports, he really likes LSU. So for Tony, this is for you. Tony Barnhart, the veteran sports writer, says <laughs> LSU. That's my deciding factor. All right, to the Big 12, uh, the early wake up game. USC at Colorado. Rise and shine.
7: Oh. You know, I, I do think Colorado's gonna get a lot more offense than they did a week ago. Um, but um and, and but it's the I, I would say this. I, I think USC is gonna score a lot of points against Colorado. So I'll take uh, the Trojans.
1: Yeah. I see USC winning this like 52 to 31, something like that. I'm going to go for a 70, 20, the beat down <laughs> the Broncos suffered. Wow.
0: USC is going to come back and do the same with the buffs. So. Like the old
1: K, like the old Oklahoma doing that to K State back in the 70s. Yeah. How, <laughs> see, just, how bad was
7: just, the oh. weekend for people in Colorado that last oh, week, though?
1: Boy, it was terrible, <laughs> terrible,
0: terrible. All right, North, uh, Notre Dame. I keep calling them North Dame, Notre Dame and Duke. How about that? Blue Devils, 4 0.
7: Yeah, you know, I I really think this was a trap game for Notre Dame. Had they won the Ohio State game, I think it would have been different. But I really think Notre Dame is going to really want to go out and prove something. And I think they take care of the Blue Devils in this one. And I think they win by more than the five and a half
1: spread. I think uh I think Duke's gonna pull the upset here. I think uh, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, we've got we've got these blue bloods in basketball that are all Kentucky, uh, four, yeah, Kentucky. They're all four and oh.
7: Indiana. Oh, never
1: mind. Yeah, exactly. They're all well, they're not a blue blood anymore. And <laughs> the Mike, you know, you can send send the emails to me. Uh but the bottom line is I think Duke is going to go to 5 and 0. Oh. Indiana 1987.
0: <laughs> Students who were on campus then Thank are, you.
1: Now re- are now retiring. But so wait a minute, Larry, we were old enough to be on campus then, so let's be oh, real yeah. careful. yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but
0: I yeah, I'm not rich enough to retire yet. But some of yeah. them and okay. I don't have
1: grandkids yet, but a lot of our contemporaries Yes. Retiring
0: with grandkids. So, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go Notre Dame. Um, I, I agree that I think it's um, uh, Duke's had a, listen, fantastic season. And I think they've got a, re- they've got a really good team down in Durham this year, but I, I'm with you guys that um, I think that was a wake up call last week. Notre Dame's going to come back focused. Um, They're going to put 11 men on the field Um, at every play. And that could
7: help. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a new, anyway.
1: yeah, that's their equalizer.
7: <laughs> they, they're What they're hoping is they get to put 12 for two plays. This game, they can yeah. pick two plays because we only went 10. We saved a guy for this game. <laughs> I've, I've heard well. of,
0: I've heard of managing a managing a guy's plays, managing his minutes, but that That's took it too far for the Irish. So all right.
7: <laughs> My team is on the field.
0: <laughs> we gotta run as always. Uh the fun just uh, goes way too fast. We appreciate everyone who came by uh this week and hope you enjoy the games, enjoy the weekend. Um if fall is here, turn that calendar over, get those pumpkins out. And uh, try not to scare the kids before Halloween. All right. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Take care. Enjoy. We'll see you next week.
1: The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Penn State Guys Sports Spectacular.